Episode 73, The Rant. Billy Heenan, former sharpshooter, budding coach at the AAU level, and earning his stripes as an up-and-coming official. Billy loves basketball as much as the next man. Surrounded by greatness on his high school team, he had to work extra hard just to get minutes on the court. Those principles he learned guided his work ethic in college, in coaching, and now in officiating. All that and more, my conversation with Billy, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special guest, one of my guys, coach, adult league extraordinaire, (laughs) and basketball official. Billy Heenan, what's good, bro? What's up, brother? How's everything? So I'm trying to think where I met you. It was probably a configuration of you coaching and you playing in the adult league at Island Garden. And then at some point, I remember one day I saw you as a ref. I was like, what the hell is going on? So uh, welcome to the show. For sure, man. What's up? So I always have a deep affinity for people that play, coach, and ref. I used to coach back in the day, like 20 years ago. But, you know, I give you a lot in credit, first and foremost, because... I know how much it takes to get these kids to practice, right. get these kids to listen. And and to me, it's it's very difficult to get them to focus. And especially when you play at a certain level and you don't get them to respond the way you want. Right, right, it's right. very frustrating. So I always have a deep affinity for somebody that coaches, that has played at a high level right. and refs. So having said that, we obviously know you have an affinity for basketball. How'd you get started? What did you? What else did you play growing up? And Tell me about your journey in high school and college. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, you know, basketball was kind of one of my first, you know, really first loves of the game. Uh, so I probably picked up a ball around two or three, started playing, you know, five, six local leagues. Um, third, second, third grade, I was probably one of the top players in the area. Um, so what area are we speaking of? From, uh, I grew up in Amityville. Uh, like the Amityville Copic area. You know, we really, you know, we won the Long Island Championship, CYO, fourth, fifth grade, and we kind of, you know, it was a good competition, but it was really... You know, we, we kind of dominated that competition for mm. sure. Um, so at that time, you know, Lightning and Island Garden was, that was it. You know, now you see there's a million programs out here now. Um, you know, when I was coming up, it was it was Lightning and, you know, Rising Star was coming up a little bit, but pretty much just Lightning. 
Um, so I went out, tried out in uh, 2005, I think, or fifth, sixth grade. I remember it was the second pick of the draft. I always liked that kind of <clears> stuck with me, uh, you know, from that. But I was on the team um, from fifth to about 11th grade there, um, you know, kind of where, where I coach now as well. Um, but, you know, I was able to kind of grow my game there. Um, I had a coach, Dave Rothman, who really, you know, put a lot of time into my game. Um, and I really learned how to play there, you know, mm. with, with Lightning. Um, you know, I was able, you know, as I go through my stories, I was able a lot of time to use my skill. You know, I was bigger than everyone. You know, I was five six, five seven in sixth, sixth grade. Um, you know, that at, at a point, if I didn't learn how to play the right way, you know, learn footwork, learn reverse pivots, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. If I didn't learn that at that age, especially without without Dave, without Lightning, you know, I really wouldn't, don't think my playing career would have taken off how it did because, mm. you know, I tell kids all the time, even, you know, height-wise, whatever, you have to work on the fundamentals now, you know, as, as I coach fifth, sixth graders, because at a certain point, everybody levels off. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was a there was a point when, you know, when I went from COAL to went to AU, the height leveled off. You know, uh, athleticism leveled off. Uh, competition level. You know, we, mm. we, you know, we back then, they said, uh, AU tournament, you know, you go to Island Garden on a Friday, Saturday, you have 15, 16, Division One, and you know, NBA-type players in there. You know, I remember we played fifth grade. Uh, we played against Lightning Dingle, who had Kyle Anderson on team, four or five other you know, Division One stars, and that's what that's what it was. You went to a regular Island Garden tournament, and it was only six, seven throughout the spring. Um, but that really developed my game. I did play uh, baseball and soccer when I was growing up as well. Um, was really big into baseball. My dad was really, really big into baseball. He was pretty pissed off when I kind of, <laughs> you know, picked basketball over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so through there, I played Lightning from fifth all the way up to eleventh grade. Uh, played middle school. We had a very good varsity team. My freshman year, I played JV. Um, came up for the playoffs and everything. We lost our big. Uh, well, he graduated. He ended up going to uh, play football at Hofstra. We went to play football at Hofstra before they kind of got the it defunct. Yep. Yeah. So he actually got a he got a full ride for not. Not like, playing. Not mm-hmm. playing, which is, a, I don't think it's a bad deal. What's his name? Is his name Steve? Steve Medard, yeah. You Steve, know, that's, that's, we'll, we'll get back to him, but go ahead. <laughs> Steve's my guy. Steve was, Steve was a senior when I was a freshman. Mm. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, getting to, we, we practiced a lot with him too, which was a good thing. Um, you know, we got a lot of reps with him. Um, he was kind of a very similar player. I would consider myself too. Similar size, okay. know, similar build, um, very good footwork. He was a great football player. Um, and I just, you know, my, my freshman year, I, you know, I knew I wasn't ready, knew I wasn't capable for that yet, but I knew I, I saw potential in my game from there. Um, I did come up to varsity, played my 10th grade year, which was a good year for us. I mean, we were pretty much all 10th and 11th graders. Um, we got to the playoffs, we got smoked, but we took a lot of lumps that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for my junior senior year, we didn't lose another league game. Mm. So we went about, I think, 24-0 in league from there. <laughs> um, and then, you know, from there, we... We lost in the county championship both years. Um, our coaches, we lost to Harbor Fields. Our coaches were actually brothers, so it was a huge thing on the island, which was, you know, it was a, it was a huge TV market. They had MSU Varsity back there. Pav was covering the game. I remember that. Um, you know, huge things. Great experience. You know, for, for me, you know, I played with four or five extremely athletic kids. And at that point, you know, I this wasn't that. I was 6'2", 6'3", you know, a little overweight, wasn't that athletic. Um, but I was able to kind of, you know, I, and I tell Davis and I tell, you know, Jim Foxes and Lightning, Lightning and, and playing out there for so long, you know, being kind of a high-level player on the team, but still getting 
the fundamental work every day, two, three days a week, coming down, even going down and getting smoked in some of these tournaments really kind of elevated my game to a different level where I knew I couldn't compete with some of my teammates when I was in high school athletically. I, I knew, you know, you accepted I mean? I, that. I accepted though. that, yeah. Mm. I knew that I had to bring something different. One, to even play, but two, for us to, you know, to be a good team. You couldn't, you know, I think the biggest thing for us in high school was we had so much running and gunning, so much up and down that. I kind of took it upon myself to bring. I guess you can see when I play men's and gifts, I just slow the game down. I mm. say when I'm coaching all the time too. You know, the biggest thing for me, especially with all the basketball coaching, even refing wise, is the slower you can get the game at a fast pace, the best you, you know, the better you'll be. I mean, I think I really was able to do that. Um, out of high school, actually, I played varsity soccer for four years. I was a goalie. You um, played varsity baseball as well, and my junior year. Um, I actually had a really, really good basketball season. <laughs> um, we we end up going to the county final, but the county semis were at home. Um, I had four threes in, in fourth fourth quarter and overtime. is actually a play. I'll, I'll bring it up later when I talk about ref stuff. Um, but I get a lot of looks from there. A couple of D2 looks, a lot of like high Division three looks, um, you know, Catholic University, like schools that like if, if you don't get into Ivy League schools like these kids go to you know some of these high D3 schools some NESCAC schools um, and you know from there I you know I was I was locked in I went to Nationals that year I, not with Lightning I ended up kind of branching away from Lightning that year just because a lot of our guys had uh, you know picked a different sports a lot of lacrosse kids a lot of baseball kids um, and got to showcase a lot of my talents went to Nationals went played a lot of live tournaments um, and then from there my senior year going to September, I have a lot of looks. I have a few offers. I didn't go, you know, I didn't commit anywhere yet. <laughs> um, I still had an outside shot of possibly getting the D2 look with some academic stuff. Um, so I play in my first soccer game my senior year, um, and I come out to make a save on a breakaway. We're playing on turf, and my foot gets caught underneath me. Hmm. Like I kicked on a, a follow-through and a compound fracture in my left leg. Ugh. Snapped in two. Uh, front part of my shins hanging out the back. It, it was it was awful. Um, you know, I, this hap- that happened next Friday. It happened September 10th. I had surgery on September 11th um, in 2011. I ended up coming back and playing around December. It, it took me about 10 weeks. Uh, was never anywhere the same. Like, yeah. You know, for me, you know, like I said, we took a lot of lumps my 10th grade year. My junior year, we were very good. We had a national schedule my senior year. So my senior year, we went to... Um, Boston played Roman uh, Roman Catholic from Philly. You know, we played Lehigh that year. I that, we we kind of earned that. So for me, I was like, you know, I'm coming back to play with my boys, uh, but never was the same. I ended up committing in, uh, to go to SUNY New Paltz um, during my years. Kind of one of the only coaches that kind of stuck around, you know, through the injury process, and that was tough for me too. Being a 17 year old kid, and you know, you go to that summer like just going to recruiting visits is it, it, there's no. I tell people all the time, you soak in as much as you can, even if you know where you're gonna go. Go to as many visits as you can, just to have that of coaching, knowing you, knowing who you play, what you do, how you're gonna fit a team. And I remember when in one visit, and you know, they had like my name in a locker or something mm. like that. You know, it's like this cool things. Like I don't that. know personally, but that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. So it was, you know, I, I did a, a lot of visits my junior year, and as soon as that happened, you know, they all. All just ghosted. Mm. No text, no, you know, emailing back, nothing, mm. nothing. Um, you know, and this coach, you know, stuck around and said, hey, you know, we understand that it's going to be, you know, the process, you're not going to be whatever. So I, I said, you know what, I, I appreciate that. I, I locked in, um, went there, um, 
you know, do you want to continue to talk about college? Or? Yeah. yeah. I, I, first of all, you're doing a great job of explaining your I, Wikipedia page. So <laughs> I, I think we're at the middle portion of... Uh, we're, we're done with early life, and now we're yes, at uh, we're into, uh, almost at personal life, so continue <laughs> to college, college at least. So, um, so yeah, so I, I graduate. Um, and after my, you know, my senior year of high school, it kind of, you know, I knew I wasn't the same. I, I gained a lot of, gained some weight from it. Um, just didn't have the explosiveness more than mm-hmm. anything. And like, the worst thing about a break, people don't know, you know, like an uh, ACL or like a, a ligament is bad, but you kind of like a break you come back because everyone says oh it's like 10 weeks you know you're back you fix it but you just don't have that you know that like that second jump that explosiveness off it you know? yeah but do you think how much percentage wise do you think that that was mental because I, I know that um so when i was 27 i was kind of playing at a high level right. and we'll discuss a little <laughs> bit further when i when i got into my 30s but um you know i i severely sprained my ankle mm. and just i just didn't want to do it anymore yeah, yeah. you know I and I remember I, I would go to the whole reckless abandon right, because right. I've never experienced, like, okay, I'll get a little tweak here and there, but yeah, not like probably. to the point where you feel like you're not going to be playing for three months. No, I definitely agree with you, too. It was a lot of mental. Um, and for me, the biggest thing I think was, was, was like my conditioning, you know, because I had, I'm not going to lie, I had struggled with my conditioning all the way through high school. So kind of like. Using not you say using it as an excuse, but being like, ah, you know what? On top of that, you know, I lifted a lot more. I put on some weight. Um, things that I probably shouldn't have done. Um, but going into my freshman year, I knew I wasn't going to play a lot. I was playing behind, uh, you know, two All Conference players. Whatever, you know, I I, I was I was just happy to I'm happy to be there. Mm. I was away at school. I got to say, you know, I'm playing college ball. I was happy to be there. You know, I I took I was one of those guys. You know, I, and I'm very close to some of my teammates still that I played with that that, that was seniors that year. I was that guy on scout team that, you know, would take the extra time to watch the film of who we're playing, you know what I mean? And try mm-hmm. to emulate, you know, we do, I do a lot of scout team stuff. So emulate, you know, my, my uh, teammates match up that week, you know, things like that. Or I, I was very, what I thought too, you know, I took that role pretty seriously of being that guy on the bench to say, hey, you know, Matt's going off the bench. Hey, I see this when you're out there, you know, swing this a couple of times, you know, and, and I kind of got that role and, and, you know, was known for it. It was it was something that, you know, even coaching-wise, it, it definitely helped me as well. Seeing the game for so much, you know, it's it's a difference when you see it from the sideline, mm. and refing or, you know, even playing right. at that point. Um, so after my freshman year, we make the playoffs. Um, my sophomore year, my coach goes, you know, we're happy. You know, I lost 25, 30 pounds, was into it. You know, I said, you know, you had a good year. We want this, 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 and this from you. You know, we're going to have a couple of kids come in, you know, whatever it may be. So, sounds good. You know, I go home, my best summer I've had yet, um, played, we actually, we actually played the A Island Garden League back then, that's, you know, Delphi, yeah, yeah, yeah. so all those teams were in there. Um, you know, we were different than three teams, we were competitive, didn't win many games, but, you know, I was playing well in that, playing well with my teammates, seeing that, you know, proving kind of to myself at that point where I could definitely do, you know, definitely do this. You knew you could do it, but until you kind of saw it come to fruition, um, that was a big time summer for me. So I came in, you know, my first day of my sophomore year, and we got a roster of 19 kids. And we're only taking 15. So I'm like, time, time to go to work, pretty much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, really got into work. Uh, we end up, you know, I make the team, make the roster. Um, we went out to California for a couple of games, went 2-0. <laughs> Beat two NCAA tournament teams out there, which if you're familiar with, like, Division Three Bowl out there in the West. Like you see, there's a couple of like the Grinnell kids, stuff like that. They really play that way. So we would play. We played a couple of teams from Mount Cali, which you know they press you, but as soon as you break the press up half court, they let you score. 
Like, they literally, like, they would stop playing three-quarters of the court, let you score a layup, let you hit whatever, and they just take it out and get shot up. It was nuts. I mean, we won both games by 15 because we were able to kind of, like, just different tempo, like, slow it down against You them. just never seen that type of strategy before? Never, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, we were all kind of sitting there, like, bro, we literally break the, break the press over three, we'd be three on one, the big would just let it score, just take it out and go. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they were, they could shoot, you know, everything, but we were able to kind of, it, it, it's a tough, it's a tough strategy to play when you got one team that's kind of, not walking it up, but controlling tempo. Back there, that they just literally because we we watched them play in another game in the tournament against another guy for it. So just like that, games with both of the nineties, and it's just you know you break the pressure, score. They're gonna press you. You break that, you score. It's just could constant. Um, we come home. You know, I played a little bit there sparingly, um, and I came home. We came back to New York, and I barely played in the next couple months at all. I couldn't even get off the bench. Um, and I had a, my best friend Andy, who actually li- I grew up with, lives on my same block. Was at St. Joe's that year. He was a freshman. I was a sophomore. He's like, "Listen, man, we can use you. You know, I know you want to play. I know you still want to play." So I said, "Listen, let, let's let's see what happens." So there's a thing, and there's a dream where you can self-release yourself. You call it. So you sign this paperwork, whatever. You go to school just in case that your school finds out that you went somewhere, it, like covers the other school you went to. So I go out to St. Joe's and like Thanksgiving break. They're like, hey, man, listen, you come here. Like, I'll never forget the coach said, came to me. He said, you know, we have players, but we need players, you know, type of thing. And I like, there's another thing, like, kind of like the recruiting thing. I'm like, you know, it's been a while since I, I felt that again. I knew, you know, I had the confidence in myself knowing I could play. Um, long story short, somehow, you know, came back to my coach at Newport, said I was going um, and looking to transfer. And it was a whole big thing. Um, I ended up just because of the timing, everything is middle of the you know, December, not going anything. I didn't transfer. I stayed at New Post my sophomore year, um, which was rough. Which was, you know, I think we we had the nation's longest losing streak there, like seventeen games. So ago. you were losing and not playing. Losing and I played total for the year about ten minutes. Was for four and twenty teams. That sounds like the totality of my high school career. <laughs> it was, I understand. It was tough, man, and it was. It, it got to the point where. Uh, you know, like, it kind of was like a battle almost. Like, I would sometimes get kicked out of practice. Like, just things, like, where I knew, you know, my coach was kind of trying to battle me at that point. And I, and I at the point, got it. Like, you know what I mean? I I kind of went looking out for myself, you know, not thinking of the good of the program. I, at this point, you know, when I step back and look at it, I, I get it. You know, I get where he was coming from. Um, but I ended up, you know, after that, I said, you know, I just got to do what I got to do for myself. I was paying for school myself. You know, I had a few, you know, a couple loans, but mostly a lot of, you know, the academic stuff was good. Um, but I said, you know, if I'm going to do this myself, I'm going to do it, you know, the way I want to do it. So I uh, I transferred out to St. Joe's uh, my junior year for, for Coach John Mateko, actually, who was there. And uh, the first week of school, he brings us in a meeting and says, uh, I took the job at Dowling, actually. So now uh, you're going to get a new coach. So now I'm thinking, finally get comfortable with one coach. I'm going to transfer over here. I'm going to play right away. And he's gone the first week of September. Now I'm like... The whole, you know, it's just for like, no reason. For no, you know, I'm should have just stayed. Right, I'm thinking the whole time. I'm just like, you know, there's a million different things going through my head. Um, I meet Kevin's coach, Kevin Span, who, uh, who was actually was the assistant. I don't know the the JV coach at St. John the Baptist before this uh, in West Islip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very good player. Played at St. Peter's, uh, then played over at Post with Clouse when they, you know, that 30 no team, and. Uh, I remember we talked about this at the time. We're still very close. So when I found out he found the job, I found him on Facebook. 
And I shot him this whole thing. I'm like, yo, I, like, I'm like, this has to work. Like, there's nothing else I'm doing. Like, I got to play here. I got, like, I sacrificed way too much. You know, told him, hey, you know, happy, want you to get, want to get in here. You know, can't wait to get to work, whatever. Um, so he comes in. I make the team. Um, I actually become a starter the first couple weeks of the season, which was, for me, was just huge. Just, you know, just it's like that, a comeback. Yeah, man. It was huge because there were so many times when I was, like, this close to just getting, not, I'm going to say giving up, but just being like, well, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's, it's a, like you said, we were in high school not playing. I've never really experienced a not playing part of me at my senior year of high school being hurt, but like in college, it's a full-time job. When you, play this, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, I, I can't go out on it. I can't go out on the weekends. I can't do this. I'm struggling, I'm struggling to get all my work done. I'm, you know, lifted in the morning. Running. And sometimes I would, I would, you know, I would take that, and I'd look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, what like is this ever gonna go anywhere? You know what I mean? I'm like, if I were gonna do this for the next two, three years, I wanna see something from it. Um, but I was able to, you know, come back my junior year. Um, Span and I was it was a great kind of relationship because he had a similar situation where he went to a school, didn't work out, came somewhere else and, and the funny thing is I I didn't know him at all. You know, he didn't know me. So it was kinda like perfect match of you know, I was just ready to come in and work, and he was ready to come in and work. And, you know, we went 18-7 and seven that mm. year, um, lost in the conference championship to Sage up in Albany. Um, you know, lost him three times, but beat everybody else in the conference. You know, beat Farmerdale, beat Old Westbury, had huge games, 18-19 uh, point games. And it just, it was big for me because, you know, that's one of my biggest accomplishments, I, I like to say, is because I, like I said, I, I was at a point where I looked at the game every day, like I'm putting all this work in, and, I'm not getting anything, you know what I mean? Anything mm. in return for me, um, which was tough. My, my senior year didn't go as much as planned. We were about 500. We just missed the playoffs. Um, but just to, you know, play those four years, to say I played college ball for four years, um, on top of that, I did graduate my senior, my fourth year um, at school, which was big for me too because, you know, I had those goals in my head when I went to college. I wanted to play all four years. I wanted to make an impact wherever I was, and I wanted to graduate on time, you know what I mean? So... That was, you know, going to St. Joe's was, was a great, great experience for me. Um, and it really kept my love for the game um, and also really kept me focused. You know, I'm living at home. I was <laughs> going to a community school. I actually didn't have a car at the time. Me and my boy Andy used to drive uh, his 1994 Nissan Sentra <laughs> back, 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 back and forth from, you know, having to patch all game. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, we sacrificed a lot, but it was... Definitely all worth it, for sure. Yeah, I got a couple of uh, thoughts from that. Um, first and foremost, that's really awesome that you were able to go and and have a lot of ups and downs with basketball. I think when it comes to uh, when you first start playing, you have such a unbridled love of basketball. Right. It's so pure. Right. And I think as you go further from junior high school, you know, now now we're on the JV team and then right. goes to varsity and then gets to college. Right. By the time you get to that point, it becomes a job, yeah. and you right. start losing sight of why you fell in love with the game in the first place. And that happened to me my senior year, uh, because, you know, I'd like to say that I was always the worst of the best players, <laughs> and I would always kill everyone in practice, and I would get my chance in a game. But I just, I just was not good when the lights were bright, right, right. when there was referees, right, right. when there was the girl that I liked in the stands. Right. So that's really cool. Um, I think I always was naturally really good and I never had to really work at anything. So I think that's really awesome that your story really comes from, you know, I'm the fourth, I'm the fifth best player. And you know that if 
if you're surrounded by greatness, you feel like you want to step up for yourself. Right. And, you know, another thing that diverged from me and you is that you were afforded the opportunity to play something like CYO. Right. You were afforded to play something like AAU. You were getting all of those organized reps. I never had any of that. I was at the park killing everyone. <laughs> right, right, and then right. when it came to not being in the jungle, um, the, the monkey was loose and, and I had two quick fouls. So, um, you know, that's really mine. But, you know, just to discuss my second wind, um, I stopped playing for a long time. And then um, I don't know if you know, I coach a, uh, a volleyball team at Kellenberg. I've been coaching there for 20 years. And one time we lost the championship game against St. Anthony's. And I remember I went to my old school. I went to Hofstra. Right. And I just was some shooting buckets. And everyone's like, yo, I remember you used to play basketball back in the day, this 16-year-old who's now like a sophomore. And um, it was crazy because when I started playing at that rec center, the football team folded. <laughs> wow. So all of the gri- all of the athletes, yeah. it, was, it was really good run right. because, you know, all of the law students right. that were graduating were really good. Yeah. And all the football players, and I'll never forget that that summer, we would just basically have 30 guys and we would all mix and match because we were all really playing at a high level. And, you know, one of the one of the friends that I got out of that was Steve. That's funny. And I played with him for four years for a very long time. That's funny. And I just remember um, it was the summer when when the team basically was like, there's no team. So I'm like, what are you going to do? You're going to continue? He's like, nah, we played at the rack. And we go to school for free. So I remember that. I remember that talking, you know, and and it's funny you said that because like that's one of my things too. Ball just brings us, brings us all together. So at some point, you know what I mean? Like, well, like we can sit there have a conversation and we got a conversation two weeks from now and I'll bring up, or you'll bring up somebody. I'm like, oh, you know him? I don't, you know, it's crazy. You can't even imagine me playing, right? (laughs) I was playing, I was playing a lot, man. And, and what was crazy was, I guess my pinnacle of that was um, my team, my configure. I had two shoot. I could I pass like Rondo. I play right, like Rondo, right. but I play kind of D like Draymond, uh-huh. and there's no refs. So <laughs> you know, right, I'm right. giving you a flagrant half. Right, yeah. I'm slowing the game down. Right. I don't care. I'm and um, the Hofstra team used to come down and they would play us. And you know, they're not they're not playing for real. Yeah. So my plan was always. Yo, we got to go up 10-1 <laughs> until they start turning D1. Turn right. And yeah. then I was right because now it's like 14 to 7. Right. 14-11, yeah. 14-13. So I remember I ended the game and I was just talking the most amounts of shit. I was like, yo, y'all Division <laughs> One, but you're ranked like 349th out of 360. <laughs> and you're losing to a 30-year-old alumni. Like, I was talking crazy. But, That's yo, cool. shout out to Steve. He still needs to be on the show. He's playing at the... Uh, the Lifetime is he Adult over there? League. Yeah, I, he's, see, I know he's doing pretty well for himself. Yeah. I know he's working, he was working for uh, you know, Quaker Company in the City. But I, I see him, you know, when I used to play a lot of the, at the uh, Expo over at Massapequa, and I used to play with him a lot. But like, he's a... Yeah, he's really, Lifetime really all, all the way over there. So I think what was cool is when your story unfolds, you realize how important coaching was because yeah. you kind of were a fringe player and you realize that with a little bit amount of luck and a little bit amount of work, you realize that you can go very far, right? right so right. Um, how did you get into coaching and just discuss your journey and yeah. what's your philosophy with it? So, um, you know, I remember, like I said, when I first year at New Paltz, I really kind of took that role on of, of looking at the game from a different level. You know, in college, I think the biggest difference, um, and I actually see some high schools doing it now, is film. Mm. Like, film is... When I started watching film, it changed my whole, like... I had the worst jump shot in the world, bro. Like, we did... It's funny, one time we had a practice where we filmed practice. 
like, what are we filming practice for? Like, we're doing three-on-two, two-on-ones. You know, and we had an individual meeting. We used to do individuals. And my coach in New Paltz broke down my shot. And he's like, look at all the movement you have in your shot. I'm like, I never never sat and looked at it. You know, sat and looked down at my shot. And if you see it, like, when I shoot now, like, I... I try to be, you know, as limited type very of Very still, yeah. Very still, you know, catch and shoot and locked in. Um, and that's just like, it, I went nine, eight, seven, 18 years without anybody saying anything about my shot. Just, you know, if it went in, it went in. If it didn't, you know, keep shooting. Mm. Um, but my freshman year, I kind of took that role of, you know, seeing so many different things. Like I said, being able to be on a bench um, and having something invested into the game really... You, you know, we've, we ever been benches. You have to find something to lock you in, to keep you engaged, you know. And, and I would always, you know, look at, you know, my our best player and, um, you know, his matchups. I would look at, you know, I could always come to the coach at halftime and say, hey, I see this, you know, I see that. They're, they're sniffing out this. I, you know, we stepped out this play. We saw in practice. Um, when I would came to St. Joe's and met Coach Spann, um, like I said, we talked about film. He took film to... The, you know, you have film here, you took film to the next level. You know, we'd be doing hours and hours of film. And it was weird because we used to always watch the same type of film. Like, we had we had one or two films that, you know, we played awful in. He would always bring up the same film, bring up the same things you do. And, you know, we'd have new film and he compared it to that and stuff like that. And he kind of really sparked and engaged me into just looking at the game in a different way. You know, like I said... My biggest thing when I tell my kids and playing wise now is basketball for me is being able to handle a fast pace at a slow tempo. Mm. You know, um, as soon as the game becomes slower for you, like it's typically with refing or whatever it is, as soon as you can get that game to slow down but still compete at that high level, that's when I think you know you've you've gotten gotten somewhere with it. Um, but coaching wise, Dave Rothman was with Lighting for you know, 17, 18 years now was my coach um he was constantly texting me when I, even when i was in school when he found out i came home hey i got two or three teams you know you don't have it is an au season you need help you can't you have two three teams with one guy you know you get two games one game in columbia one game at island garden at one and one game at two you know you can't be two places at the same time so he's always trying to get me and i'm like you know i was like i don't know for the time i don't know there's always pushing it off there's always something um then i got a job at a college and i had some time you know and he Super League, I think it was 2016, 17. It was my first year coaching out there. Um, and Dan Freeman, who was actually the Roslyn assistant ba- basketball coach and uh, varsity baseball coach who we coached with, he uh, had a team. And you know how it is during the basketball season. It was tough for him to kind of get there, but they wanted to keep the team together, um, which is our biggest thing, too, is making sure the kids play. I mean, we love to play all year round, but, you know, summer's tough. Um, but he wanted to make sure we kept the kids together. So I did a whole Super League season that year. Um, it was, it was different for for sure. You know what I mean? Being on the sidelines and I think the biggest thing with coaching kids and that I've learned from it is, like you said, it, it, there's nothing more that I can't stand more when I waste a timeout or call a timeout, especially on an, uh, on a baseline out of bounds. Had this play, you know, at, at work, sticking out all day. I'm putting this in as soon as I call a timeout. Call a, call a full timeout. Not even 30. So you give them an extra 30 seconds to soak it all in. Nobody's in the right spot, mm. and Ralph hands the ball off, and then we we got five seconds to throw the ball in. It's God's work, man. Oh it's God. God's work because <laughs> you, you you think about the the amount of talent you played with yeah. and understood what they needed to do position wise, right. 
um, in terms of what you need to do to execute. And, and you feel as though, you know, you see a lot of them from, from how you used to be. Right. And, and, and if you just give them that little that little tweak, right. but then they don't follow exactly. directions. That's and and to thing. me, that's why I, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't coach. I just can't do it. It's tough, man. It's tough. But, you know, I was able to, Dave kind of got me in. We did that Super League together. Um, that spring, I took my own team, um, which is tough, taking a team into a regular AU season. You know, and, and I actually, to be honest with you, I'm happy we did it. Um, you know, because we kind of have a philosophy, me, Dave, Dan, you know, our, our teams together, of in the spring, we want to play AU. We want to get them out there playing different competitions, just playing in that atmosphere of, you know, I got a game at 10, I got a game at 12. It, it simulates a lot of stuff that you're going to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, even, you know, college-wise, high school-wise. You know, teaches you, to you how to pace, teaches you, you uh, structure, a discipline. Of, you know, we could... You know, we could play a, a spring league or, a, you know, a schedule. Nothing against it, but I, for us, you know, we want to get them out there as much as possible. Um, so I played a whole AAU season with, um, you know, a brand new team, and we got smoked. We must have been 0-25, 0-26. Um, and naturally, we lost a lot of kids, which I, I get it. And, you know, um, but the one thing I took away, and actually this year would be my third year coaching um, I stuck around, I want to say, four or five kids from that team. Mm-hmm. And the improvement, man, on some of these kids is like... I, I had an email, you know, I, I, I sent out team emails, everyone, and I sent out an email to these four parents, and I said, I just want to, like, look back at some of the things, you know, we looked at a couple of years ago, and I said, just look at the difference in some mm. of these kids, you know? And I, and I said, and I, I brought the kids together with the parents, I said, you got to thank your parents for a lot of that. You know, you know it, it more than anything, especially with refing and, and you know, being around youth basketball, Long Island basketball, basketball in general, there's a win-now culture and mentality that I got to walk on the court and we got to win tournaments right away and we got to win this league. It's, it doesn't happen that way. You know what I mean? Like I said, when I was playing AAU and you walk in the gym and there's 15 Division One players there, you're going to get smoked. Right. And that's fine. You know, and, and I tried to, and we all tried to instill it into all our players and and parents, are, sometimes more parents than the players, because the kids love to be out there. Um, that you know, losing is okay. You know, we don't want you to like losing, but we want you to learn from losing. You know what I mean? There's so many times that I think, you know, youth basketball in general, especially on Long Island, you know, like there's that we can just show up and we're gonna be good. Mm. You know, we're just gonna we're gonna play two three games. You know, practice once a week, and we're going to be good. I tell my kids the time, I said, you know, we're here once or twice a week in a practice. You can't only touch a ball Tuesday, Wednesday, come Friday, expect to, I'm coming in scoring 20 points. It's not, that's not how it works, you know. Do you find it weird that you're the grumpy coach now that is like, wow, they don't listen, and, and I used to not listen? <laughs> I do find it a little weird, I got to <laughs> say. Um, you know, I, I had, for me... You know, I said we. I was lucky enough that my parents invested a lot of time and you know their money into this. Um, but you know, basketball was a tight, tight luxury for me. It kind of like you know sometimes they come, hey, you know, new school clothes or sneakers, and you got to play ball. I'm, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing ball. Hey, you know ball. what I mean? Things like that. And for me, you know, I tell you know Fox all the time too. I'm like, Lightning is my home. You know, you guys took care of it, a lot of stuff for me. You know, and to be able to give back, I think that's one of my, my greatest accomplishments as well, is to give back to the same program that kind of, mm. you know, pushed me through, um, taught me the game, especially the same guy, just to, to be able to do that and kind of continue that on. I In my spiel, it's a lot of parents, if I have new players or, you know, we, we go through rough patches, 
you know, I tell my spiel all the time, but I say, you know, what we're doing here is a lot bigger than a Super League season. It's a lot mm. bigger than an AAU tournament. Um, like I said, being able to lose, you know, being able to handle losing. You know, I've, we, I have one kid who's a great, great player. Lose a one-point game in the middle of November on a missed foul shot or something. It's tears, and I'm like, you got to be able to handle. You know, what I mean, you got to be able to handle that. We have another game coming up. You'll play another basketball game. You know, or you lose by thirty or forty. It happens. It makes you tougher. You know, and it's tough to, to, to course that to the parents and to the kids. It's tough, but that, that's one of my main, biggest goals. Is I, I think a lot of us can change a lot of the landscape. Not even of Long just of youth basketball in general. You know, by just it being okay to not win everything. Like the trophy kids. You, you ever see like that you know, documentary HBO? It's like you have to win a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody doesn't always get a trophy. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm not cool with everyone yeah, getting a trophy. You know I mean? I'm, I'm like, cool with um, you know, learning how to lose early because yeah. you know, I think of it as like imagine if you found your first girlfriend at twenty nine years old. Yeah. You know how how, how disastrous <laughs> that just sounds off jump? Like, I'd rather learn that lesson at 15. I don't know about you, no, I hear you. but I don't know about 29 and, and feeling no. that type of depression. For sure, man. Um, so circling back to basketball, um, how did you even get into a fishing? And I will say that I remember the first time I saw you, I was like, what are you doing? Are they, are they desperate today or are you really certified? So Listen, tell me how you even, like, what planted the seed? And Right. So, um, you know, after my first year being out of the garden, uh, you know, it was honestly guys like you, you know, guys like, you know, B. Jones, Sky, Stu, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, you know, I'm out, I'm a Suffolk guy. For me, you know, I laugh sometimes if you're from Long Island. I get a lot of the Nassau parents like, oh, we got to go to Island Garden. I'm like, mm. Island Garden is 35 minutes for me, but I'm taking the drive a million times so for me it's nothing but you know I um, I said listen I said you know I'm here three nights a week especially in the winter sometimes I have a game in the morning game in the afternoon I'm like why am I not filling that time doing something you know what I mean mm. and I, I always was intrigued by it I never I'll be honest as a player never thought I would make the jump understandably ever, so ever ever um but I said, you know, I remember talking to Fox, I was talking to Sky a couple times too, and he's like, take the test, take the test, take the test. And I'm like, you know what, might as well. I was actually, I'm, I was living in Suffolk at the time, so I didn't know how I went. So Jim's like, oh, you call this guy, go that. But that was on NASA stuff. I had to do the, you know, the Suffolk one, basically where I was. So I did the Suffolk. Um, circling back to what we were talking about earlier in high school, I go to the the first day of the class, and the, the guy that's running it, I, he looks so familiar. I'm like, I played, they, they ref my game in high school. I can't remember. I'm like, he looks so familiar. So the first thing they're talking about, they open the rule book. He the, the head guy sitting down, and they say... Bobby DeAngelis? Yes. He's the one that's teaching? Yes, Bobby is. Um, and I want to say his name's Kevin. Oh, I can't remember his last name offhand. But he's like, he's like, well, I'm president, I would say, or, or he's do, he, Bobby were in the classes, but this guy Kevin was doing. He's always at your Suffolk he's games. He's always when at you the Suffolk playing. games yep. and stuff. So he's refing my junior year. We're playing the semifinals at home um, against Bayport Blue Point. So it's a tie game with seven seconds left. They have the ball. So the shot goes up. I'm underneath the basket with two, six, five kids here. I'm, you know, I said I wasn't the most athletic kid. They miss. I'm like, all right, we're going to overtime. I'm sitting here. I see the clock before it goes up. It's three seconds left. Hits the back of the rim, goes up. I'm like, it's not going in. I'm com- rebounds coming to me. The ball just does not stop coming, going up, going right over my head. So all I could do is either get a hand on it. I throw it off the ground, 
it goes straight, like slow motion, goes straight up into the kid's hands, tips it in. Was definitely after the buzzer, clearly after, I mean, everybody heard it. But the problem is Amityville is only one scoreboard. Not facing where we were. It's a small gym with an old scoreboard, so a, a small, you know, horn. One ref goes like this, it's in. One guy runs off. The guy, Kevin, who now is the, you know, running the ref class, was the sideline ref in front of it, has the clear view of the scoreboard. Those two run off. People are on the court. It's nuts. I was like, I was, it was euphoric. Guy runs out of, runs out of visual confines of the court, which is what, what funny thing is the first thing they said is, you, you know, lose your jurisdiction when they the, said this is the game is final. They said this is the first rule we're going to teach. And the guy's like, all right, I get it. I know I did it. Like they're always picking with him. And I'm sitting, I'm like, no, this isn't the guy. That's my game. So he's telling the story. And I'm like. And, it's, and I'm like, I raise my hand. I'm like, I was the kid that threw the ball. He's like, no way. He's like, God damn it. And he's in there. But he runs off the court, pulls them back on, says, listen, I had the full view. It was completely after the buzzer. They bring everything back. If they would have protested before, game's over. But because they continued to play on, they tried to protest after, and they, you know, it was nothing. But I, like I said, I had four three. I had three threes in that overtime, which kind of, Really escalated my, you know, my my ball status at that time, you know, recruiting wise. And I told him that, and he's like, you know, I kind of feel a little bit better that knowing that I made the right call than something, mm. you know, good happened for it. Uh, but you know, refing wise, I, I never thought I'd get into it. The class was extremely. I I, I enjoyed it myself. Um, they said I, I, you get the same story from everyone. You say I know what's going on, but they give you that first test, you get that paper, and player A is in the air, ball is released. I'm like, you have no idea what's going on. You really had to sit down and study it. Um, I enjoyed because I took it. It was around November. It was kind of when college basketball started. So you watch college, you like you watch college basketball, you watch basketball in general, and you look at it from a different lens, especially when you're like in that book. You know what I mean? When you're studying that book. And I, I, it, I really enjoyed it. Um, I passed the test. Floor test was good. Um, they really wanted me to get in, and still do want me to get into school. Uh, for me, it's just so hard. I just had a daughter. Um, 2017 is about a year and a half now. Um, and it's just so hard working a 9 to 5, coaching-wise, to get to mm-hmm. a 430 middle school game. You know what I mean? And and I, I enjoy it. I really, at some point, I think I really would like to kind of zero in and focus on it. Um, but it's really, it's difficult in that aspect, at least for me, um, you know, right now. But that's kind of my story, how I got into it. I remember, I can remember the time we're into you, like, what's going on? What are you? I was <laughs> definitely confused. What, what are you doing? Um, I had a couple of games, you know, last Super League that kind of got my feet wet with it. Um, you know, and I enjoy it. It's it's something, I think it's made me a better player. Made me, definitely made me a better coach. Mm. Um, you know, it, like I was, I was telling a story about, you know, Terry, how, how I met Terry. Um, and the first time before he really knew me, I complained a call and, you know, I, I was at that time just like taking the ref class and I, I knew it, you know, I kind of, I want to say I take it easier on refs, but I, you're able to see it from a different perspective. You know, like I, like you, you know me when I coach too, like I, being upset at a ref is for me, it's part of the game as a ref and as a coach, you have to, as a coach, you know, understand that there's a line obviously, but, um, as a ref, you gotta kind of understand if a coach is upset about a call, he's up. It's part of the game, you know? Oh, yeah. That, that's what I, I think, you know, I, I see it a lot of times. Um, that's my biggest thing is, you know, you, you know whenever, whatever type of game you're ref in, a, a playoff game, kid game, high school game, college game, you know, that's part of the game, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but that's kind of, I really got into it. 
Um, I, I, I do mostly island garden stuff um, right now just because of the schedule of being out there and stuff like that. But that's it. I, I really would, uh, I, I do think I would really enjoy kind of locking in, just zoning in at the point of doing high school and, you know, maybe working my way up. Um, but right now we'll, we'll see. Well, that's we'll that's see. good to know that at some point you you will consider that. That's yeah, that's sure. always something that I wanted to know. Um, but, you know, how it's configured now, um, what I wanted to ask you, what's your plans for the summer in terms of basketball, playing, refing, and, yeah. and coaching? Um, I usually, I say, Summertime, I try to take a lot for myself, um, you know, for my fiance and our daughter. It's, it's kind of a lot on every coaching wise, you know, refing is coaching wise. It takes a lot of your free time, you know, every pretty much three, four nights out of the week, five nights out of the week sometimes, you know, I'm coaching, um, you know, I'm tournaments. So I try to take a step back, and a lot of our kids that we have actually do go to summer camp all, all summer. So it's kind of hard to kind of get a team in the summer league. We are looking to possibly do one. Um, but summer, I'm really going to take a lot to do a lot of refing. Um, a lot of the Island Garden stuff, try to get into the Summer League. Um, you know, it's a very good competition out there, which is, very, like I said, very good reps um, to be out there. And it, I try to play a lot in the summer. I'm playing a couple of leagues. Um, summer is, like I said, kind of the time I try to take to myself a little bit more mm. refing-wise yep. and, and playing-wise because I give a lot. I, I think at least myself, I give a lot of the game, uh, a lot of myself to the game throughout the year. So I definitely try to take a, try to take a step back from it all in the summer and, and kind of, you know, play a little bit, watch a little bit, ref, you know, kind of kind of get, get my feet wet and get my reps in, in that sense. Would you consider ever officiating any other sports? Um, you know, I sit around, my dad plays, he does uh, umpiring, actually. He's, it boggles my mind sometimes. He's, he's kind of, he's a very, he was a very passionate, he was a very passionate fan and, and as a very, uh, you know, was a passionate baseball player, but kind of was away from it for a while, but he loves it. Um, I would probably baseball, I would say, would be other sport. Wait, listen, you let me know because um, you never played it. Well, you didn't play it a lot, I right? played. I, I played in high, I played all the way up to high school. I was very good growing up. Um, I said my dad coached me and all. And by like 7th, 8th grade, when you do AAU like that, you have to kind of make the – I don't want to say make the decision, but it's – you can't – to play both at a high level, it's mm. because of the times. For me, the funniest thing is I probably was a better baseball player than I was basketball player. Say if I would have stuck with it from that time on. I couldn't do the rain, bro. The rain. I understand. The rain, the first off, playing baseball up here in March and April is like yeah, terrible, awful. And on top of that, it was just like the rain outs. Like, I would be so hyped for a game and I walk outside, it's pouring rain. I'm like, never happens in basketball. So, that was one of my big things mm. with it. Um, but no, I definitely would be, I think, umpiring would probably be the other one. I yeah, aside probably. from leaning on your dad, you should let me know because I'm no, an aspiring sure. uh, baseball college official um, at some point. But what's crazy is that if and this is the first time I'm admitting this. I think now I'm at the point where in basketball, it's kind of like when you're losing weight and you're trying to lose that last five right, pounds, right. how difficult it is. Right. So you're now in terms of my improvement in basketball, it's just like inching. Right. But if if I got 100 times better in basketball this spring up until now where the summer, I probably got 4,000 times better at baseball right. this year alone. I did a lot of uh, high school games in the city. I, did, I, I got moved up to varsity. I have no idea. <laughs> but... Dude, when when there's like 85 mile per I'm hour sure, curveballs, yeah. there's nothing like it, man. Yeah. Uh, there's there's no better man. thrill. Yeah. Um, but let's go back to you know coaching and refing. How do you think coaching has helped you officiating, and how do you think officiating has helped you coach? Um, you know, it's definitely made me look at the game in a different way. Um, I take one thing: backcourt, backcourt violation is like. I mean, as a player, as a coach, I, I'm just like, when I read the rule and when you see everything into it, it's like, dude, I've been 
arguing the call for like <laughs> 15 years and I'm completely wrong. You got bad advice oh early on. Oh my God. Um, you know, certain things like that, I think refing has definitely helped me coaching wise. And it, it, I think it helps me. I had a conversation with a parent or player once. Um, you know, and I sat down and I said, listen, I ref. You know, a tough game found out. You know, the parents upset. Everybody's upset. And I said, the kid might have got a T or something. He was arguing with the ref, and I pulled him out, and I said, "Has a, in the history of basketball, has there ever been one ref that has made a call and there's been a player that's complained about it, and he switched it over? No. I'm like, so it's in, we, when I was in college, one of the years, our slogans on our T-shirt was next play. And, you know, that's something I, I, that I think has helped me coaching-wise as well, you know, on the outside, is that refs make mistakes. We all make, coaches make mistakes. I, I make bad subs. I make bad timeouts at the time. I... I you know, they said coaching in a U tournament when you got the hour to get that game in and you got three timeouts. It, there's not there's not much saving you could do at that point. You got to really make sure you're, you're on top of it. Um, but it, it's kind of given me that perspective of you know how a ref looks at the game, how I look at the game, how I can kind of teach the game. Um, you know, I look at something like a hand check. You know, when I was playing, I thought the hand check was the worst call in, the, in sport, in basketball. But now when I look and, you know, you, when you ref it, like, yeah, I was actually refing tonight, and I look at a, a player, you know, you call a hand check, and then maybe you don't call one, and then you see a turnover happen right from it. You don't realize that at the time, like when you're playing or even when you're coaching, something in minute of that can really change a play. You know yep. what I mean? And that's huge um, that, like, for me. Like So I think coaching is, refing has definitely made me a better coach. Um Coaching, I, I with refing, I think I said before, I understand, like, coaches and refs, are they're not made to be buddy-buddy all 24-7. You mm. know what I mean? So if, I, if I'm getting from a coach or a player, I, I understand that. You know, I'm one, I like to explain a lot. Me, me personally, I, I don't know if you say, I like to explain a lot of my calls. So if I'm, you know, if there's a switch or a foul shot, and a coach has something to say, I, I'd like to have a conversation with him. What did you, you know, what did you see? This is what I saw. This is, I think that's huge in a game because I love that as a coach. Right. You know, when I get that, sometimes you get a U game and a guy doesn't want to switch. I'm like, can we just switch? Like, no, I'm not switching. I like, just want to have a conversation with you. I'm not saying I'm not going to badge you. You're not going to change the call. Right. I said, hey, this is what I saw. This is what I thought. Whatever you got, you know. Well, it, basketball evens itself out every mm-hmm. play. You know, that one call you don't make, there's a turnover right there. Like, is it ball don't lie? Ball don't lie with free throws, ball don't lie with turnovers. It, it all comes full circle at some point. I think ball don't talk, but that's <laughs> that's another conversation in and of itself. How do you think officiating has hurt coaching, and how do you think coaching has hurt officiating? You think it's more than just the time constraints I and they cancel each other out? Yeah, it's really big of a time constraint. Um, and I said, in the spring, it's really, really hard for me to ref just because you know we're, we're doing tournaments every weekend. Pretty much from the last week of March until last weekend, I'm at, besides you know Easter weekend, a couple other like Memorial Day, I'm every weekend somewhere. So that kind of kills my availability. Um, and, and like I ref the game tonight, first time I ref probably in a, a month or so. It's tough. It's tough when you kind of step away from it at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I in the winter sometimes I would ref three to four times a week, and I just feel a little bit more engaged with it. You know what I mean by that? It's doing, th- don't get me wrong, doing three or four games at a night is tough, but a third or fourth game, you're mm-hmm. kind of, all right, you know. It, it, Bonkers, yeah. I you're got stuck you. in a little, little bit of wind, and you're, you know, the game's kind of going a little quick for you. But at least I feel like I'm kind of a little more engaged. Mm-hmm. It's tough to kind of go, I, I would say this, the one thing was, it's tough is to go from coaching all week to refing one game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're seeing everything from a different perspective, and then you're thrown 
right into that, you know, that ref circle, and, and vice versa, even refing the whole time, and then looking as a coach wise. You know, it's, it's, so time restraint, um, and definitely kind of being able to balance it. It's something I'm still, you know, two years in, really you know, working on. But I, I'm gonna hopefully try this out, you know, with the summer stuff, being able to kind of give it a time where I'm hardcore refing and hardcore coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't really, I don't want to say lose, you know, skills in either way, lose, lose any of my coaching touch or lose any of my, you know, ref game. After all of the things that you've mentioned thus far in the show, what do you think are the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time? In terms of your relationship as an official, as a coach, as a player, as an ambassador right. of basketball? I would just say my whole story is just perseverance. Um, you know, at every stage of the game, whether it was CYO, whether it was AAU, middle school, high school, I had a learning curve, um, you know, at every step. And there was always somebody telling me I couldn't do something. Um, and I know it sounds cliche sometimes, and I tell my story to a lot of my parents, is, you know, like we said, like with the, with the failure thing, failure is okay. You know, I failed probably more times than I've succeeded out there, especially mm-hmm. with the game. Um, but I've never given up on it. And it, like I said, it, everybody has that point. I'd say, you know, about the first year or so after I stopped playing college, I kind of took a step away from it. I didn't want to play... I didn't really want to go watch it. I didn't want to watch it on TV. And you got that itch. You know, when I got that call and when I started coaching, I was like, this is, like, I can't not be around the game. You know what I mean? Um, it was tough. It, it It's tough to not have it around. Even now, you know, the, my my kids are all going up to camp. You know, we had a good AU season. It, it sucks. I, I want to have practice. I want to be able to continue to grow and work with them what we've been doing. Um, so I would definitely say perseverance, um, and and I've had so many mentors over the way, um, you know, from my high school coach Jack Agostino, Dave Rothman, Lightning, um, you know, Coach Kevin Span, uh, St. Joseph, a million different people, and I'm, I think I what I I don't know if everyone else feels of it, but I'm able to take something from each of them. You know what I mean? Like Dave is, Dave is one of those guys doesn't care when to lose. We could be playing a. Super League final with one minute, he doesn't care. You know what I mean? He's more about the fundamentals. Um, you know, my high school coach was huge into winning. He wanted, you know, he wanted us to win. We It kind of was my first experience of, like, this is the, the business type of thing. High school, whatever it is, that these games really matter. Um, you know, like, college, everything teaching-wise. You know, I, I've, every each coach I've had and every mentor I've had have really taught me. And that's how when I look at coaching or even being an ambassador for the game, I want to be able to give a little bit that everybody gave me to somebody else to kind of be a mix of all that. So, What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? And ultimately, where do you want to go? Right. Um, I, listen, I, I, I love coaching. Um, I want to continue definitely right now to continue to coaching. Um, I think it's going to take, you know, I, my biggest thing with the kids I have now, I want to see them get into high school. I kind of want to see the fruits of the labor of being with them from fifth, sixth grade and watching them grow into high school players, um, hopefully eventually a college player or two from there. Um, I want to kind of see the group I have now to continue to grow. Um, I'm looking to maybe take another younger team as well. To kinda, it, it, it's just the whole process of it. You like to see you know, every year, where do we start? Where do we finish? You know, I get to send an end of the year email out. You know, This is where we started. We couldn't do a three-man weave in the first practice we have, and now we're scoring 60 points in a game, or some you know, things like that. Um, Ref-wise, I, I, there is a point. I, I, I want to be able at some point in my life to really give it a full go, um, and not in the sense of, you know, 
being into it, but just giving my time to it. You know, I, I think at a certain point, you know, I I played Division Three basketball, high level, but seeing a couple of guys, I know a couple of you know, a couple of reference I have that do Division One games, stuff like that. I'm like, that's gotta. Like that rush, you know what I mean? That Listen, rush. It's, so. I, I've I ref nothing but people that have been better than I could ever imagine, yeah. and it's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. It makes you feel like kind of you're a, you're a part of it. And know? I also feel like I've never I've, I was never good at basketball too. <laughs> There's that too. Right, right. Uh, but it's great to continue, and I think it's also a really cool thing to be involved with the game and have no skin in the game. Yeah. And it's the greatest thing of like, really, you know. Looking at what's legal and what's illegal. Right. I mean, there's no what. See, in, I feel like in basketball, if you're a five and I'm a point guard, I know what my role is. Right, 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 right. Right. right? I'm not going to rebound in this play. I, I have specific roles. Right. In when you're refing, it's like yeah. I got all these responsibilities. Yeah, right. And I got to control them. I got to control the fans. I got to control the coach. I got to right. control the players. Right. So many different variables. That's why right. I like it because it really helps my imaginative. Uh, imagination run wild and it gives me the ability to focus in on certain things right. in basketball i think refing you know to top over now i think refing really there's a lot of players or a lot of you know basketball that are scared of it you know kind of like i'm never gonna like i my quote my class says i'm like you crossed over <laughs> i'm like you know it, it has that connotation of it like once you ref you know you don't you don't want to do it once you get into it, it makes you just look at the game so much differently. Right, and and, and you just you get okay with um, people talking crazy to you, yeah, which is fine. Like it is what it is, and then you like like I watch the finals, or I mean, you know, I, I I like NBA, but it's tough, you know, especially for a ref when you they let so many things go when you're like, oh my god, you know, travel this or that. But like even like college games, like you watch it from a different perspective. You know, you watch you know, being able to watch the game. I think the first the, one of the craziest things when I was in class was when they asked you. Do you watch the offense? Do you watch the defense during the play? You know, the, what do you what do you watch? I'm like, you watch the ball. Like, what do you mean? You don't, you, what do you? Such a such a crazy unlearning right? experience. They're like, no, you gotta watch. The, I'm like, what do you mean? You gotta watch the defense? I'm like, I gotta see where the ball is. And I'm like, well, how are you gonna call the off the ball foul? You know, things, mm. you, you're not thinking of certain things like that. And like I said, going back to how does that help and coach? It helps me. You, you're you're able to kind of when you're refing take yourself out of the game. Like I said, there's no skin in it, and. For you to be a coach and be able to do that, I think that's huge too. You know, to be able to see, hey, you know, I I have this new, new thing I'm kind of was thinking about the other day, and I, I talked to a ref. He made a good call the other day. I said, you know, ref, that's a great call. Guy came up to me. He said, excuse me, call. <laughs> you know, and, and like my players don't know too. They, my players all know I ref and this and that. And they're like, they're like, yeah, the players sometimes go, ref, good call. I travel. <laughs> you know, I get there all the time. I'm like, they're like, you sure? I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm like I know it, I know what it is. Sometimes I know, I say I look at the game from a different you know perspective, a different level in that sense. But I, I if anyone you know out there listening, thinking about it, I I completely completely encourage it because I was that one who was I don't know I'm gonna uh, oh yeah yeah we know. we've got into a couple of times, but I, I you know I never I I think that we always sensed each other like okay I. I I respect your basketball IQ. Right, right. So right. I was never going to be like, you know what, you don't, you're not talking crazy. Right, right. And I also understand you got to advocate for your players. Right, right. And so it, and it's it's funny, you know, especially being around the yard and, and refing and coaching against the, like coaching with other guys that you know refing you. Um, this it's a you have to be there for your players. One, there's certain times do I want to get loud with a ref? No, but I have no choice. 
You know, I, I get that. As a as a coach, you're the advocate for it. You know, if a player goes down in a bad foul, player, you have to you have to do that. And I and they said, as a ref, I can accept that as well. And they said, I, I think we've always had a good relationship, and there are a lot of refs out there. You know, you're able to. Well, you always telling me what, what what's what's up with the other guy. It was never for me, so I, I, I was I was always personally cool. But you know, I'm always like, all right, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. I, I feel you because I, I'm just like. Come on, you're really gonna complain on that? Look at look at look at your man. He can't he can't even he can't even dribble. I, and then you're like, all right, Listen, I get it. I've always I was always that, and you know, kids wise coaching or playing, it's it's just fun. You know, playing playing ball, being around it, refing, coaching, whatever it is. I have a great time with it mm. for sure. So, last couple things I wanted to ask you: What is the stickiest situation that you have ever been in, in terms of coaching as well as officiating? We already know your sticky situation of your your overtime four three pointers and then the ball tipped in and they bounce. But what um, about in coaching and what about in officiating? Coaching, um, recently, uh, recently in the springtime, I got teed up one. T- I got teed up in an AAU tournament with an official that you know. Uh yes, yes, um, and it was kind of one of those things where. Like, I had no choice. So we're playing a, a Heat Elite, a very good team. It, you know, he's a very, very good team. Have no business being in the game. Nick, Nick was coaching? No, he wasn't. Um, it, one of the other guys was there. But it was it was the, I want to say it's like A or B. Look, they had a lot of the A guys definitely there. And it's a seven-point game at this point. And there's a play where my guy is in the backcourt, steps on the half-court line, and steps back. Time uh, Backcourt. I have, at that point, um, you know, wrong call, whatever. I go kind of nuts. He goes to switch it. Then the other coach goes, I'm like, well, you can't switch it. I, at the point, kind of definitely stepped over. But the thing I was upset about, which I told his partner, which I told him, was, is that it was the flow of the game. You know, like like you see me mentally mentally games coaching wise. There's some games you have no business of being in. So if you could steal a game, or even if I could keep it a five point game, that's a for me that's a win. I could sell that as a win. You know, and I was kind of I was just more upset about the flow of the game and, and stuff like that. And it was kind of I I didn't take the right approach to going about it. Um, but it, it was it was an interesting situation because it kind of fueled my team a little bit. We kept it a little bit closer. So it did what it did. Yeah. You and, know, and you thought that, like, moving forward, do you think that's a good strategy to impart if need be? I It was kind of one of those first tees I got that was like, you know, we ended up losing the game by whatever, 10, 15 points. But my guys kind of, they didn't stop. You know what I mean? At, at that point, I felt like it was a type of call or play in the game where if I didn't if I didn't show that I had my guys back, or if I kind of let it go, you see in a lot of these, a lot of these games out here, whatever the the level is, there's like that one or two, those one or two plays where it either deflates you or you keep going. You know what I mean? And I could kind of see in a lot of my guys' faces, like they all knew what was up. Everybody knew on the court what was up. So I'm like, if I don't really like kind of stick it here, and it was kind of those probably when they say stick it situation, probably one of the the one times that I've ever been coaching that I was like, I gotta go. Like, I, I got no choice. I gotta go for this one. Um, so that was probably one. Refing wise um, I was actually with my guy Terry one time over at JMF, and there was a huge, huge comeback from, it was actually another Heat Elite game. I remember they were playing. And um, three seconds left on one of those 
small scoreboards there. You know, no tenths of a second. It goes 10, 9, 8, whatever. So there's three seconds left. Inbounds. Get you to floater. Goes in. So now the other team goes up one. He calls timeout. So I'm looking at the clock. Clock goes. He calls timeout. Obviously, as soon as it goes in, I'm calling. You know, I'm granted the timeout. Watch it. I have perfect view of the clock. Terry's at half court. 2 1 0. But as soon as it goes through the hoop, I see it go 2 to 1. So I bring Terry over. Everyone's like, game over. I said, there's at least one. I said, Terry. He said, it goes from 2 down to 1. I said, we can't put one point. It's not capable of putting 1.5 in the clock. I said, we got to put two seconds in the clock. Everybody went nuts. And I'm like, and, and I, I was able to kind of, you know, diffuse it to, to the point. No, thank God I, the, the shot didn't go in. They didn't, no heave went in before that would have been, you know, kind of, kind of just escalating. It kind of got more. stick here. But, you know, it's like, it, it's certain things like that. And that was probably one of, one of the biggest moments in my ref career when I was in a situation like that. And I was on all my P's and Q's. I dotted all my all my eyes and crossed all my T's. I had I had the timeout right away. I had my eyes locked in on the clock. I had my eyes locked in as soon as it went in. And that was kind of the one, you know, moment I can look back on where like, yo, that was a big moment. And I was kinda of on my all my shit the whole time. Mm. Um so I would say definitely with that, you know, Terry's Terry's my man. He always he held me down, held held my back. Um, but that was probably one of the First, I would say in the two years I've ref, probably one of the biggest situations where it was a huge situation. And I was locked in on everything. I was it, it felt pretty good, you know, because there's always a situation where you know you you know you blow a call or you know you're you know you're not in the right position, yeah. you know. But there's that time to really everything kind of going at once. Game winner goes in, timeouts called. You have everything locked in. You have all the answers. You, it feels pretty good. Mm. It definitely felt pretty good. Um, having said that, what is your best moment coaching and what has been your best moment thus far in officiating? Uh, Coaching-wise, um, this year we were playing a Super League game, my uh, 2024 team, 7th grade, over at Sports Hub, down 25 with 11 minutes left. Um, and it's six guys, um, seven guys, but two bigs that I really had trouble playing at the end because we were just press. Came back and won in mm. overtime, um, and it was it was funny because we were playing a game and I kept on telling guys, listen, if we just you know we called timeout, we were down by twenty five, we were pressing, and I said they're just so anxious to keep shooting, they were hot, they couldn't miss. But I said if we press them and just keep letting them get quick shots up, and we get a, I said they get a shot up, make or miss, we get it out, we get a good one, and we cut it to fifteen, we cut it to ten with like five minutes left. We're down by like six with two minutes left. But I said, listen, possession by possession. Um, we ended up hitting a layup at, at the buzzer to send it into overtime. We went by six in overtime. Wow. It was huge. You know, and it, and it was cool, more more so for myself, but for the kids. See, definitely most of them, the first time they've ever been a part of something like that. And the parents were like, you couldn't... You, the, the, more so, I'd say, you know, coaching-wise, is when you see the reactions from the parents. It, that's huge for me, because I know how the sacrifice that my parents made, mm-hmm. you know, for me to play. Like I said, my dad was... That my dad was that dad that uh, was doing the book on the bench the whole time. Like, you really? know, you know what it is. You know, the, yeah, he he was there. He was keeping stats. He was he was getting his two cents off from the bench for sure to all the refs and everybody involved. And and to see, you know, like even like at the Garner game when I, I enjoy having a parent to do a clock or a book, just keeping someone engaged in the game. You know what I mean? Um, and to see that day, all those parents to be like. 
that was amazing. I've never seen anything like that. That was, you know, and the kids were just so happy. That was probably my best coaching moment um, to date. And I say refing. I refed a Super League game, probably the first few games I've ever refed. Um, and it was a fifth grade game, fourth grade game. One of them, the team was getting blown out. And there was a kid, um, I was never kind of got in. Never, uh, you could just tell, this wasn't one of the top players out there. And it was funny because it was about a minute left in the game and they're getting blown out. And I see the kid checking in, I see the parents step up, going crazy. Oh my guy's going in, taking pictures. Kid gets the ball underneath the, underneath the hoop. I call a touch foul. He goes, she's one on one. He doesn't touch the rim on either one. Sinks both of them. The parents are like crying. It's It was awesome. That was a pretty good moment um, for myself. And, and like I said, it just shows just, like it, the game just brings us all together. No matter your skill level, no matter what, you know, you, whatever goes on in life. You know, for you know, for me, I, you know, I didn't grow up in the best situation, but when I was on the court, it was just, it was ball. You know, it's funny, you know, like B. Jones, a couple other guys out there, ref me when I was kind of coming up playing, which is... Come on, young man. I the same thing. <laughs> same Come on, thing. young man. Same thing, man. And, and, you know, like to see him and to, to see, to ref with them, to coach against them now. It's like, it comes full circle sometimes. Yeah. My dad actually came up the other day for Father's Day, came and saw me coach the Island Garden, seeing some old refs, and it's just like... Especially on the island, especially out here in this area, there's so much, there's a tight, tight knit, knit of people. And I sure. Said, you know, we, in this conversation, we bring up Steve, and, and no idea you knew Steve, you know, no idea I knew Steve. Um, it's just, it, it's able to to bring a lot of people together. Um, I, we actually, my fiance and I just set a date for our wedding, um, and I'm just thinking about, you know, the other day we were talking about sitting about numbers of people, and I'm like, how am I going to? So many, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many different people. So many Just get married for yourself. That's oh. the best advice I can give you. Don't, don't feel too bad. Listen, I, I, I hear that. It's, it's definitely, that's another mm. another whirlwind. Um, but it's just great. I, ball has been able, ball has opened up a lot of doors for me. You know, maybe not the most conventional way. You know, I didn't go pro. I didn't go D1. I didn't go D2. Um, but to be able to, one, still play the game is a blessing. But two, to just to be able to be around it every day, it's it's huge, you know. It that that for me is worth more than you know a lot of different things. I, and and I and I I meet a lot of people. And I talk to a lot of kids, and it kind of gets me caught up. And I think there's such a D one D two attitude out there by kids, especially out here. You know, I'm gonna go to prep school. I'm gonna you go to prep school. You're not putting on 20 pounds of muscle. You're not. You didn't have a jump shot in high school. You're not getting a jump shot. They should just school. play in the city and see what happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just it's a rude awakening. It's just like it, you know. I tell kids all the time, they're like, ah, oh, they got a couple of D3 overs. I'm like, go play ball. Get your degree. Like, to do that and say you've done it, you know, I, I hate to say it, I, I don't like that I'm in the minority of someone that played ball for four years in college. Because if you look around the island, it's not, I wouldn't say many kids out there that did it. Yeah, because, you know, I'll just say from even coaching a lot of um, high-level volleyball right. talent, it's one of those sports where Division One, there's a there's a, a very sharp divide. Well, funny you said that too. When I was at New Post, they had national champions D three, which is creating right. a million kids that could go D one. But what I'm trying to say is that um, in volleyball, our first conversations we say is that do you want to play at a high level and not play, or would you rather have enjoyable college experience right. and play the game that you love? Huge. And you know, when you're realistic with a kid like that, they might feel um, upset that they're not as good as what they think they are, but they'll thank you at the end no, because of their experience at the 100%. end. 100%. Listen, I, and 
a million mentors I had, but for me, you know, I said basketball was so much to me. I would have played anywhere, anywhere. Just say I played college ball, I would have went anywhere, whatever it could have been. Um, but I think that's that there's a huge gap of that now, especially. Like I said I don't I don't enjoy that I'm in the minority of somebody that played ball for four years in college. And the, the the amount of of doors that balls open for me. Is it would it be, if I had the choice again? Would it be my first choice? But now I'd love to be a scholarship basketball player. I'd love to be six eight and throwing down with two hands and you know having a it, it is. I'd love to score twenty points in a varsity game. <laughs> that is, never happened. So listen, I understand. It is what it is. But you know to to like I said going back to you said what what got me here perseverance and just if you love this game and you're good to it and you put the work in no matter the skill level no matter what it is no matter if it's your team manager your coach your ref whatever you mm-hmm. do you put the time in you know it'll it'll be good to you back 1000% and you know I want to thank basketball for our connection because I had not been for the game then you know I wouldn't even know you so sure, I man. you know I appreciate your friendship hopefully we can grow together especially when you start getting Real serious and finally going all the way to the dark side. But having said that, um, do you have any final words before we part ways? Listen, man, you know, like I said, we have a great friendship. I have, you know, so many great relationships through basketball. Um, you know, this was this was huge for me coming on the podcast. You know, I remember texting this week and just being, you know, re- recapping over. I think this is awesome. You know, there's such a forum um, for something like this, you know. And that's another thing. When you become a ref, you don't. You don't realize how much it ties into everything as well. Oh yeah, you know. And besides coaching or playing, there's a million. You know, there's so many different connections you make. Um, but I'm glad to, you know, to met you. I have so many of my different ref friends, um, and like I said I, I look forward to continuing to work, and and, and getting to the dark side eventually. Just just <laughs> don't don't wait too long, okay? <laughs> for sure, man. But for Billy Heenan, this is Ralph the Ref. This is the rant. We're signing out. Peace.